This is VC Projects Podcast, and today my guest is Bjarni Sborgensen. Bjarni received his Bachelor's and Master's of Fine Art at San Francisco Institute of the Art. After completing his degrees, he returned to Reykjavik to continue his career. During that time, Bjarni received a two-year stipend from the Icelandic government for a large site-specific land commission that combined painting and sculpture. In 2003, he took part in the Los Angeles International Biennial, and following year, he participated in Pilsen International Biennial of Drawing. Over the past 25 years, Bjarne has had numerous gallery and museum exhibitions in the USA and Europe. Today, we are speaking to him from his studio in Iceland. Bjarne, thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you, Victoria, for having me. My pleasure. And, and what exactly is the name of the town where your studio is at? Kopavogur. Uh, okay. Kopavogur <laughs> uh, would be like Pasadena or something like that in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a, a specific town with the mayor and everything like that. But mm-hmm. it's, very, it's connected to Reykjavik and that area. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I, I learned about your work probably, oh, I want to say 20 years ago. <laughs> I've been familiar with your work. I, uh, I don't know. I think it was around 2005, isn't it? Oh, okay. 2005. So maybe not that long. But, uh, but um, quite a long time. And I followed your career. And I remember um, the day I, I first set my eyes on your work. Um, one of your friends, Freya Thor, came in um, to the, the the company I was working for, Daniel Fine Art, mm-hmm. and um, I got this knock on the door, and this fellow came in with these boxes, these boxes, and he said, you know, I want to show you some art by this really amazing artist from Iceland. So, of course, I was immediately intrigued, and he opened these boxes um, that were like black trunks in a way, um, like traveling trunks. And he took out these just incredibly um, powerful works that were a mixture of oil and water on, um, and maybe other materials on plexiglass. And Freya explained to me a bit of the process and how these works were created um, on the inside, not, not the outside. And, mm-hmm. and they were just so magnificent. And from that point on, I said to Evelyn, the owner of the company that I work for, we have to work with this artist. I mean, this is just incredible. And um, what are the chances of finding him, you know, and this gentleman coming to the door and, and, and knocking. So <laughs> we've worked together on a few different projects and exhibitions and, mm-hmm. um, gives me great pleasure to have you on on this podcast thank you yeah yeah the these paintings uh, that you are referring to were i was i had already started painting on plexiglass but i was developing those very clean color paintings they were quite sharp in color Mm -hmm. and uh, that came about around 1999, if I remember right. 
And those boxes, uh, the, when I started to make the plexiglass boxes, or, or, or almost like shelves that I painted inside, mm -hmm. painted within the box, and displayed the other side, I put it on wall, or displayed the other side to the viewer. That came about, the, yeah, around 1999. Mm -hmm. And, uh, before that, I had been painting on plexiglass, but with uh, much thicker paint and displaying it in, in the middle of a room, more like a sculpture or a screen hanging in the middle of a room. So mm -hmm. there I started on doing this and and make, started on making them more monochromatic and things like that. So, uh, and the the idea of the plexiglass work, it has to do with like painting the energy or the the like cutting through the space and feeling the the energy or or or, or the pleasantness of the space or the, the atmosphere that was what i was thinking about and i had been reading if I remember right, Tao Physics, and uh, there was a chapter on on substances or whatever we have, materials, and they that they are all just matter of energy. And I really liked that. So I wanted to get my paintings to do that same thing, that I was painting just the, the emptiness of or the energy uh, uh, which was empty, but made substance through the energy it was made of. Uh, that, that was the idea. So you get like, if you have an atom and, uh, and people were trying to find the essence of something, the, the, what is the construction of the universe built on? And they always found just quarks that were just spinning around in the atom. So that fascinated me that everything was actually just a matter of energy. So the plexiglass actually came about in, in thinking on those terms and thinking about the, the support of the painting and trying to have the painting as transparent as possible. And so the process of the painting was all visible. So mm -hmm. something like correcting or, or anything like that would not be possible. Everything, well, everything in the process was visible. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it certainly does. Um, how did you, where did this concept come about? I was still in school and thinking of, it started with, a, with figurative painting. And I remember in school, I was doing those heroic figures in struggle and, and things like that. So one of my, he was a TA actually in one of my classes. And he said, Bjarni, why are you always displaying those figures in these torturing positions and things like that. Why don't you paint the, the, the agony and the torture itself? Mm. So, so why do you need to illustrate it into a figure? And that kind of, on that point, I started to think, yes, of course. But it took me a while to, 
to kind of connect to making what I, my, my feeling of what I was painting connected to making it abstract, what we call abstract, that I have a little bit of problem with uh, saying that just painting, just painting in, in, in general could be abstract because it's always like, I think Malaponti points out, if you paint a grape as figuratively as you can, it can never be a grape. And if you paint an abstract painting, it's always a being, it's always a thing within a space. So in a sense, whenever you are painting, it always be, becomes objective in a, in a, in a, just in the sense of being there. Mm -hmm. So uh, those kind of uh, think, things where I was kind of uh, thinking in those terms and that, that's how I started to develop going from the canvas to the plexiglass, mm -hmm. even though I have later on gone back to the canvas or other surfaces or things like that. Yeah. For a long time, yes, I was very determined to paint on transparent surfaces. The plexiglass that didn't mean anything to me. It was just painting on something that was transparent. Mm -hmm. what, where does when you say talking about like when your TA said, you know, why not just paint the actual energy and not the figurative, where did yeah. that, those emotions come from the, the, the flesh and things like that? Did the it come? I mean, I have to say the reason I'm going to ask you is because in, in those plexiglass pieces, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's image there's there's work they're they're in different palettes. I mean, some of them are are very red and dark, and some are quite light and blue, you know, mm -hmm. blue tones. And immediately, because you're in Iceland, and you know, being somebody who's grew up in United States, in particular California, um, I would think of the elements because for us mm -hmm. looking at Iceland, we think of ice, we think of water, we think of volcano we think of heat um is it are where was it inspired by that the energy of that i would say so yes I, uh, being brought up here in iceland and iceland being like uh, uh, i would say like an open wound on, mm -hmm. on, on the on the skin of the earth mm -hmm. in a sense we were you have all the kind of elemental forces very open here in Iceland. And, and so when I was young, uh, I traveled quite a lot with my parents just when I was a kid, up to the mountains, up to the glaciers, up to the volcanic areas and things like that. So my childhood experience is very much there. In, in those areas. Mm -hmm. It's not in the countryside. It's not in front of a computer. It's not in front of the TV or mm -hmm. anything like that. So that has a lot to do with how probably you develop your sense of the world. Mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, not that, I, of course, you. I was like a regular kid doing 
regular things, playing football or, or whatever. Uh, but still having those experiences at the young age going up to those areas, that has quite a lot to do with it. And all, all these kind of fluxus status of the earth creating itself, mm -hmm. this kind of uh, primordial element of the earth. Mm -hmm. And it has always fascinated me that when you go up there, you kind of, uh, you go almost like to a prehistoric time. Mm -hmm. in a sense that you get the sense of the earth before everything in, like uh, before life form was created it's like the beginning of where, when life form was creating itself in the lava fields and the water whatever mm -hmm. so yes that that has quite a lot to do with playing also with the, the materials like water and oil and how that has an interplay with my decision of making the earthquake. Mm -hmm. What about you as the artist? So, so before I kind of get into mm. the topic that I really want to jump into, embodiment, abstraction over embodiment, mm -hmm. um, because these, these works on Plexi really are inherent of that, I believe. But what about um, the work as you are, as, as most works are autobiographical? Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like you're documenting the landscape. Not at, not at all, no, no. Uh, not, not, it's, it has nothing to do with, uh, I have a big problem sometimes with landscape paintings, but still, <laughs> uh, I don't, but still the, it's the feeling of how you are, you are, you are the landscape that you are within. Right, right, right. Um, that. That's, that's such a. That's such a gorgeous thing to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and so you, you are not separated from your surroundings, but you, you are intertwined with the surroundings that you live in. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of feeling that I try to get into the painting. So for me, when I approach painting, it, it's almost like a, a I would say, in a sense, even though I, I don't, I'm pretty spontaneous in my acting of it, it is, in a sense, a, a ritual in terms of me just getting totally involved with it. So I, I, I and then separating me, myself from it and viewing what I'm doing, and then totally get just engage with what I'm doing. Well, you have titles. So, so it, it's my emotion too, and my feelings and whatever you have that are also in play there. And I like the idea of, uh, uh, I like, uh, I was reading Kat the other day and uh, he, he was think, talking about uh, the, the, that, uh, that art, 
art or, or, or yeah, art making has to do with the interplay of of free imagination and understanding. So I, I kind of like that. It has to do with that. It has to do with you have experience of something, but you allow your imagination and your creativity just to play from that sense of the world that you live in and create something out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would that would be ideal. That mm -hmm. I think that yeah, would yeah, be ideal. Yeah. Is is um is that the four moment the this yeah the four moments yeah and yeah. universal pleasure the form of yeah. proposedness strange word yeah and and necessary pleasure mm -hmm. yes I, I wouldn't get into that all that now no 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 well you but it is flesh a lot of those paintings of that period were mm -hmm. titled flesh um does is that tell me about that tell me about the title of those works and and describe if you may because the listener is not knowing per se what these paintings look like you are talking about then the uh, plexiglass paintings yeah mm -hmm. yeah the early plexiglass paintings actually uh, before the ones that you saw they were actually uh, my idea of I was very preoccupied about those ideas about the atoms and, and the world being like just a whole energy field of energy that has all kinds of formations. Uh, and uh, and I was thinking, well, uh, this is kind of around 1995, six, something like that. And I was thinking of, of the uh, environmental issues right then and that was kind of current in california at that time i remember yes it was yeah, uh -huh. yeah even though it's quite a long time since it was and i was thinking of the uh, of man being almost like a, a a cancer in nature like the development of uh, of the separation of uh, mankind into cities and civilization became like a, a cancer within nature so every so the plexiglass actually were like uh, uh, what do you what, what do you call it uh, the the little dishes that you use under a microscope. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like uh, I I thought it of something like that, and so it <laughs> had to do with the the struggle between the two the the the, uh, the how we as uh, human beings were developing something that was basically destroying the harmony of nature mm -hmm. that was the beginning of that right right and later on i started to kind of and i was using all kind of materials then tar and things like that mm -hmm. with the color and later on i started to just clean that out and use just maybe one or, or have it monochromatic paintings and having one color in each painting, maybe variations of red or blue or whatever. And, and thinking of the act and, and may like uh, 
thinking of the, the, the color as a shadow of the light and light being the embodiment that was actually the empty space on the plexiglass. But when you displayed it or put it on a wall, white wall, a little bit away from it, that developed the sense that the empty space actually came out as the poem. Mm -hmm. not, not so much far away from how you approach watercolor. When you, you use the watercolor, you use the white paper to draw the form, or you, you actually paint the shadow and that's how you draw out the form that you're painting. Mm -hmm. So it's a similar kind of approach or thinking. So the empty space is actually the embodiment. Mm -hmm. So somebody called it shadow of nothing or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember, if I remember right, uh, thinking of Goethe, I think he said that the the shadow of the the color of the shadow is the opposite or or the complementary of the the light it reflects on. Mm -hmm. So if you have a golden light, you have a violet violet shadow and things like that. So I was yeah mm -hmm. those kind of things that I was thinking about. Right. Um, Do I go all over the place? Maybe. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, um, I mean, so influences. Mm -hmm. Not to get lost in art history, but you you do mention Willem de Kooning as mm -hmm. an influence. Um, I think your work is very different than that. And I'm I'm glad <laughs> that you aren't so influenced that the paintings refer to that. Um, he deals with flesh, and he mm -hmm. took. Obviously, he he was he was a great painter, great portrait mm -hmm. painter, mm -hmm. and he wanted to get away from that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you have to say about that? Well, well discovery and findings of your own developing your own visual language as an artist. Yeah, I, I've got, the cooling has followed me quite, uh, I think, well, the longest. Uh, uh, I like that because I, I, the painters I look to are like Titian, Rubens, Rembrandt, all those kind of more loosely painted, uh, those guys that are more loosely loose painters, they, the brush stroke is very showing and things like that. So, and I like that uh, and the fleshiness of it uh, and, and the, the kind of flow of it. I, I'm not so much for the more specific, more classical paintings, mm -hmm. still and uh, the stillness of them and things like that. So that's just my sensibility, but the cooling, uh, what I like about him is is that he is he's I don't know he's just he he has certain approaches but he 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 changes and it has to do so much with has to do so much with the paint he is so much involved with the paint a figurative not figurative doesn't matter uh, and I uh, I like. 
the quotations from him, like I'm I'm like a slipping glimpser or something like that, uh, and the kind of uh, I'm almost getting it, but it's slipping away from me when I'm getting that uh, and that spontaneity spontaneity in the uh, in the brushstroke and things like that that I really like. So yeah, and just his kind of. For him, he, he almost, he looks at him like a worker. He's just doing his paintings. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, Jackson Pollock also, I, I connect with his way of saying, I am nature, I'm not depicting nature. And that has also reference to what I said earlier that you're being within the world, not you're not a spectator of the world. And, and that's very important to me. And that's why I still like those abstract expressionists because of their kind of involvement and how their paintings are very open and raw in their, mm -hmm. in their being. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can understand Titian because when I, I love Titian's work and it, you, you see this sort of composition, but it takes you to another place. You're mm -hmm. not you're not in the composition, staring at the symbolic references that he has in front of you. It takes you on another into another world. Uh, yeah. And Rembrandt, of course, is wonderful with shadow and light and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, moving away from that topic. Mm -hmm. I know that your medium is is to be a painter, you know, as a creative individual and, and to write at times about your work. But what are you hoping the viewer might take away? <laughs> uh, I I'm kind of glad that you, when he, like when you wrote, read the uh, the uh, quotes or or, or, or the uh, what you have the material that I sent you, uh, that you connected that with my paintings. Then I'm okay. That's okay. That, that that's something. Uh, my paintings are then in correlation with what I, what I'm taking. Mm -hmm. What. Well, Actually, talking about aesthetics, uh, I, I've been dealing with that term quite a lot. And I, I would like people to get that experience, aesthetic experience, but with the excitement or, or the wonder of the sublime, mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. So there is a... a, 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 a what is this? There is a sense of curiosity, but there is also certain kind of kind of power in them, or whatever. And uh, yeah, involvement. And uh, if people experience that, then I'm happy. Uh, I I'm not very the the concept, even though it's very conceptual, I'm kind of iffy about the strong conceptual sense of just artwork in general. I want to live them rather than 
kind of think about them, mm-hmm. experiencing them as such. And you like to, you do seem to like to paint very large. Yes, that, that's the, probably my ego. I don't know. <laughs> no, I no, mean- no it, it, I, I don't do both. But yes, I like that just because you kind of disappear into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, but I like like the sizes I'm painting now. It's like maybe around ten feet, and I can still use my body just to paint it. I don't need uh, scaffolding or anything like that. Maybe a little bit, but not very much. So when I, uh, but still it's big enough that uh, the, it overtakes my own body, my movement. So, and that's how the cooling, for example, talked about his painting. It has to do with the movement of your body and the purpose proportion of your body to the towards the work even though he did a a little bit smaller work but mm-hmm. that kind of sense of scale mm-hmm. well shall we talk a little bit more about body consciousness in the painting then mm-hmm. yes uh, <clears throat> what i'm referring to there is uh, like uh, I, I, the sense of how can I say that? That you th- take through the movements and and the way you are painting, when you are painting. So you make a gesture and thinking of that in terms of spontaneity that you react on in the in your next gesture without being having planned it before or that you are thinking certain idea or or certain concepts that you are illustrating within the surface. So the the, the painting itself just develops within the action of the painting. This is just uh, probably everybody knows that that are approaching painting, but it has to do with letting the painting develop itself through the action of doing it rather than then organizing it beforehand and then starting to make the painting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do not, I do not arrange the paintings beforehand. I do not do sketches of it or anything like that. But it's rather, it's just totally open field of uh, action. You have to prepare yourself in one way or the other, though. Of course, yes, but as, as little as possible. But I have a vague idea, uh, but, uh, and sometimes I take maybe, of course, you take, I'm going to do that kind of series out from that kind of field, but that's kind of the o- overall concept of the uh, of, of a show or something like that. But then when I start painting them, I just get rid of all, 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 the, all, the, all those things. Maybe I, I, I reduce myself to certain kind of colors or something like that, just to kind of hold it together in, in some way or, or the other, like uh, Tenebrous Flesh, that series. I wanted to have them 
all wet and really dark. So I started from that point, but within that point, I just, just, they just happened. Does that yeah. answer the question? And so the embodiment or, or the body consciousness has to do with uh, not separating your body from your thinking. It's almost like some would say, but I, 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 it's kind of iffy to talk about going, going into a trance or something like that. But it's almost like that, or, or like a jazz player just spinning, mm -hmm. so improvising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you just go with the flow of what you are doing, but and you that's your body that is interacting. Mm -hmm. But you have to have tools in your toolbox. Yeah, they are just all over the place, uh, and and just I grab whatever it is that is there, and uh, of course, but uh, the so it's all very messy. <laughs> but, but, okay, I know, but, but what specifically what I'm saying is, when you were in art school in San Francisco, and I don't think this is something that somebody taught you. I mean, I think you, you went there and you studied and you, you did the requirements. And like all artists, you develop your own voice and uh -huh. decided what's important to you and what makes sense to you, especially when you went back to Iceland uh -huh. in your career as a contemporary artist. Um, this, how did this develop? Uh I think the, just through, uh, like in art school, you you read that this and that, and you are among teachers and other students, and you're developing ideas and approaches, and it's just through that, and also, it it is strange. I remember it when I was in San Francisco that my sense of Iceland became even stronger than I was when I was in Iceland. Yeah. Just by the distance. So the idea of, of like the mythology that I told you about that has always interested me mm -hmm. always came very strongly when I was kind of in the struggle of making, trying to break out of the kind of figurative paintings into the more abstract paintings and, and trying to get certain kind of meaning or connection with that. So that mythology, how you read it probably, the, how they created the world by taking the giant Ymir apart and throwing it, uh, throwing him into Ginnungagap, Ginnungagap being nothingness or emptiness. I find it interesting to the, 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 the metaphor of the jaws being the, the rocks and the Right. Let's be in the blood and the brain being the sky and mm -hmm. and all that. And it's interesting. I was just thinking about that recently again and connecting it in a different way to the environmental issues that we have today about uh, because we are always thinking about our environment in terms of we need the environment to survive but we are always, especially maybe in big countries, 
more and more disconnected from that. Right. But, and that has to do with, in many cultures, that man is above nature. And he's, he's, he's above nature and nature is supposed to serve him. But there you have, and we have the, all these kind of stories about how man was created, created, was cre created it from the earth. And that, but in this mythology, you have the earth created from a man or a giant. So it's a reverse thing. So I kind of like that. And just when you come here, you have a sense of that the uh, in Iceland that you it's really raw, and you have a sense that the earth is alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, not in terms of uh, grass growing or trees growing up, but the earth itself is alive. Like we have a volcano eruption right now, and it's just like. I don't know. It's like the earth just kind of pooping out or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's. I I understand. I understand completely. Um, it's it's. I mean, coming from again California, it's hard to imagine because everything is quite mild. But, but you have earthquakes. Yeah, you have earthquakes, but not as often that people would realize that the earth is moving. At least, at least I'm not. But living on the East Coast, where the weather was more severe, and then traveling to um, other parts of the world, including Japan, where I I did go to Mount Esso, where the act there's an active volcano there. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's always all active yeah yeah it's always active and i went there and i i saw that the activity and i stood over it and watched one of the openings and um it you know it was just ash coming out it wasn't anything extravagant mm -hmm. but there has of course times where it's it's erupting to much more degree um and then you know there's a there's a lot more activity um so i do i do understand that um mm -hmm. What, what do you think, I mean, how, this is a, a weird question and I'll just kind of winding down the, the conversation now. Mm -hmm. It seems like artists and, you know, you're an, you're an international artist. So I wouldn't necessarily say you're an artist from Iceland. You, you've had a, a career showing your work around the world mm -hmm. and you've you've had you know you've had a, a lot of success however being based in iceland does that have is there any anything you want to say about that any well uh i think uh, for like inspire you it must it continues to spot inspire you Yes, in a in a way it does. Of course, there are, are disadvantage advantage and and things that are good. Uh, the just in practical terms, uh, just getting materials uh, and just uh, you're into your practice. That's very easy here. So even though you are uh, buying aluminum plates or plexiglass sheets or, or like raw materials you, you have an easy access to that here 
when I was in California, I found it kind of hard to get some of that in the big cities. So you had to look very carefully for if you had to buy something like that. So that's one, just in a practical term, that's a big advantage here to how everything is easily approachable, mm -hmm. just in material terms. But mm -hmm. so you have a small community here, so you there are not, so you have an art world that is maybe what would you? It's everything becomes. There is maybe one one kind of art that that is the main art that is going on, even though you have a lot of people going doing this and that, but there is a certain art that becomes kind of the mainstream art. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you don't have many variations from that. So th that, that's just part of being in small community. Mm -hmm. Even though, I mean, in Iceland, there's a lot going on actually, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but, but but it's just a part of being in a small community. You have less variety mm -hmm. in certain way. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, in Iceland, you have so many artists that have been studying all over the place. So you have that says too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think for Californian to look to Iceland, he can maybe looks at it like Greenland and we are Eskimos here or something like that. But that's not the case. No, no, I don't I don't think that's the case. No. I, I don't I was I mean I have to ask you that because everybody come from here is gonna ask you what's it like to be a contemporary artist there, you yeah. know? Yeah, I, I mean it has You're to focused. do with you're focused on what you want to do and how you want to explore it. So I don't think it matters where you are, but because no. you're there, you're from there, it seems it's, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. And you are not so disconnected from the, what is happening in the art world. I mean, I get all the information about what is happening and I know everything what is happening right now. And, uh, mm -hmm. I follow that quite well, and and the history of art and and all the movements and what mm -hmm. has so. And, of and course, it was good to get outside of the country and study abroad, and that widens your angle on on art in general. So mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you're also for the listener. You also provide a master class for mm -hmm. students to come study with you. Maybe mm -hmm. you could just mention a little bit about that. Yes, but the master classes are, are usually like a four-day program. Uh, has been in that form uh, like the last two years or something like that. Four-day program and people work here from nine to five. Those four days, we I start the, the classes in the morning by talking about aesthetics and connection between aesthetics and art history depends on how it's kind of open so people are in all kind of uh, stages concerning their uh, how good they are just with materials uh, and their knowledge of drawing and knowledge of art history and things like that so it depends on the group how I approach that 
and then they start to paint and there is no subject matter that I give them. I, it's totally open and I just go from there. And I teach everybody what, he, I try to teach everyone what he, I think he needs in terms of the, the idea that he has or he see or and things like that. But one thing that I, I, I try to, is kind of maybe uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, what would I, how do I say this? No, I need the word. Uh, I try to let them both think of the palette as a very important thing, but also approach painting as a, 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 a field of many options. So, so, so they don't come with a sense that I have this picture and I'm going to paint that picture, but rather that the painting is something that develops through the process of painting. So that might be the essential thing in the course. So kind of get rid of that idea of just transferring an image in, onto a canvas, but rather live through the process and let the painting develop in the process. Mm -hmm. if, if there is something like a rule, it's not a rule, but it's like that kind of thing that I focus on. Mm, that's really great. Sounds like something I want to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I'm going to come soon over there and, and visit and do that class. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's, I think it's, sounds really, really good, not just for an artist who's working on their own body mm -hmm. of work or developing something, but also just to explore oneself. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has to, it has to, it has to do with, with that quite a lot. And I, I sense that, that people, people, it kind of start to think of how they see things differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, how they just think about painting in general differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. I know um, next time we talk, I'm going to ask you more about um, Merleau-Ponty and I Am Mind and that, that okay. essay. And we'll, we'll dig we'll deeper, deeper into in. that. Yeah. But for now, um, I want to say thank you so much for spending the time to um, introduce you and your work and um, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, just thank you very much, Victoria, and uh, I'll see you soon, maybe in next chapter. Mm -hmm. Marlo Ponti and I and Mind. Great, great. Okay, thank you. Thank you.